Hey, thanks for checking out the Airborne Youth Podcast. This week you'll be hearing a teaching from Dylan Krause. The worship is my warfare, my praise is a weapon. I think that that, like Ben was talking about it a little bit at the end of worship, do you realize that that's so powerful because it's like you're, you're, you're not really fighting anything. Like, it's like, this, it's like this weird concept where we're like, yeah, we're warriors, we're, we're taking all this stuff and we're beating up the enemy and all this crazy stuff that you're doing. And really, like, you're just pointing to Jesus, going like, in your face, in your face, in your face, exactly, to the devil. Like, you can't touch me. He's already defeated you. Do you know that in the Bible it says that Jesus went into hell, took the keys, made a public display of the enemy, and pretty much was just like, take that. Drop the mic. Tom would kill me. Tom would kill me. Seriously, it, it says that. I love that, that, like, verbiage or whatever. He made a public display. Like, have you ever seen a movie where you're like there's this bully like going on through the whole like storyline of the film and then all of a sudden at the end like the 80 pound scrawny kid like kicks him in the balls and like does a stone cold stunner on him or something like that like it just like totally changes the the scene like everybody's like yes yes i love that kid no but like really sorry i sorry to get graphic but it's just real like he's a bully the kid's 80 pounds you got to get him where it counts Got to get it, get them where it counts, man. Sorry, it's just the way it goes. But like seriously, and it's like like some or like some kid who gets a swirly like every Friday or something like that. All of a sudden, like gets his big brother to come into school and like just dunk that like big bully into the toilet and just like. <laughs> that's what a public display is. Like Jesus put put the like humiliation up on like, like imagine you had an auditorium filled with your high school and you just all just like put it on display like bam, you have no power anymore. And that's, that's what Jesus did. That's what it means when he said he made a public display of the enemy's loss. Like he just walked in, stole the keys and just took over. And so when we worship God, when we, when we say that worship is my warfare, my praise is a weapon, what you're actually doing is you're, you're doing what what it says you're worshiping jesus and it is literally like like panzer tanks shooting into the devil's camp because you are just reminding him that he has no hold over your life that you are completely free that sin has been totally wrecked by the blood of christ that it was in it was in this that the love of god was manifest that jesus christ came to earth and died for you and for me and his, his blood was shed on our behalf so that we would be totally free of sin. We would be totally free of death. That we would never have to taste death. It says in the Bible, oh, death, where is your sting? Doesn't that sound kind of like cocky? Like you're just like, oh, man, if someone, like that's, that's like burn moment. Like, dang, shots fired, Jesus. Yes, he's like, yes, no kidding. I, I got this. It says, oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, death, where is your sting? Because he's like, you, people who, who believe in me, they're not even going to taste death. That you're going to pass from death into life. That you're never going to have to experience the separation from God. You're never going to experience what it's like to be separated from him. Because even if you're like, you're, some of you guys are thinking of like, like physical death. And you're thinking about ants who like love God or 
you know, grandmas or whatever, my, like my grandma right now, who's amazing woman, like sat on her rocking chair, like every, every morning that I got up before she gave me my chocolate milk and scrambled eggs when I was at my Grammy's house growing up, you know, every morning, you know, she'd do before we got up, she'd sit in a rocking chair and sing hymns to Jesus. And like, I, that was like one of my clearest memories, you know, and even though right now my grandma just had surgery for cancer that she's having, and it's like, really like a hellish like whole situation because she's older you know and they put her on drugs to have the operation and stuff and so she gets like really crazy like my dad went to visit her and she's like telling him to take the pie out of the oven and she's like in her hospital bed you know she's like no you didn't take it out yet he's like oh okay I'm sorry you know I'm gonna go take out the pie so it's it's really rough and you're going like what do you mean you're never gonna taste death like that seems pretty harsh Do you know that she is not far from God and God is not far from her? In the middle of, like, any situation that you're in, and this is, like, an extreme thing that's, like, far off for all of us, but we will never taste what it's like to be separated from God. We will never know what it's like to be hopeless because a God of hope has come and made available to us a relationship that he, that no one and nothing can ever separate you from. No one and nothing. It says that he's the God of hope and that by his spirit, We are filled with joy, filled with peace. Come on. That is really good. That is really, really good. And so I'm just saying, like, all that we're doing when we're going, like, going epic, crazy worship dance party up here, which is fantastic, is that we're celebrating that this is true. That my God has won the victory for me. Something I could never do. Something that there was no hope for me in my little, like, you know, like, picture me when I was in seventh grade. I was, like, all of, like, 72 pounds. I'm, like, supposed to save myself from death. Like, what am I supposed to do here? I have no hope, you know? And we're, like, when we get into that place of worship, we are literally celebrating the fact that someone came on my behalf. That's why we call him a savior, right? That's why we call him a savior, because we couldn't do it on our, on our own. We couldn't rec- rescue ourselves. And so we're just getting into worship, dancing and singing. That's why it's like, it's so fun, and it becomes like intoxicating and contagious. Like I saw Justice come over here and like grab people, and they're like, she's like, come on. It's like a contagious joy goes on, and there's this like epic celebration, like we're doing a Jesus wave, you know, through this stadium, and like angels are joining in with us, and Jesus is in here on stage, like Emma said she saw before worship, and he's just like, yeah, I did that. I did win the day. I did buy you your victory. I did purchase salvation for you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I just think it's awesome that that, that that's like we, we're, we don't have to get confused about it, okay? I'm not, like, warring, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go 15 rounds like Rocky Balboa versus Ivan Drago, and I'm going to finally win in the last round. No, man. It's over. It is finished. You remember that little three, three-word liner that Jesus dropped on us right before he breathed his last, li- last breath? It is finished. It is finished. He did everything he came to do. He did everything he came to do. It's just awesome. So I'm just glad. I'm just glad to be a part of a crew of people like you all that just get to come in here and just remind the devil that he's totally lost 
and, and to be like this, this fragrance to God that says, we'll never forget it, and we love you. We'll never forget that you sent your son as a like manifestation of your love towards us. I'll never forget that you set me free. And I'm just going to enjoy the joy that you've given. Cool? I don't know. That's what I think. That's what I think. I'm happy about it too. It's, ah, it's just so good. Okay, so. Yeah. So the, the, the whole deal, like, we're, we're doing, we're talking about, like, I'm just talking about worship and stuff. I always talk about this verse that says that we enter into his gates with thanksgiving and we come into his courts with praise. Like, that if you want to know God, you've got to get close to him, right? Just like any other relationship. And I think it's, I was thinking about it like, wow, like, man, I want to come in there and I want to, I want to just, I want to worship God because that's what, how I know that the gates get opened up and everything like that. And I was thinking, okay, like, I was listening to some more worship earlier and um, on the new LCMI website, which was up and posted and then I tried to show Isaiah some pictures on it and then it wasn't up. Okay, well soon it'll be up. It'll be up soon. It'll be up soon. It's never going to be up. <laughs> it's never going to be up. Anyway, there's like you can still go to our Vimeo page and look at worship songs on there. That's that's still cool. And and the um <clears throat> one song that uh, was up there from Firestorm was Nathan and Susanna, and they were singing that that old school song, like I'm coming back to the heart of worship, you know. And I was kind of like, what is what is that? What does that look like? Coming back to the heart of worship. And then I was reminded of this verse, and imagine that this is what it says. That it's the before that verse four. It says, "Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know that the Lord He is God." It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. And I thought, man, that really is coming back to the heart of worship. If you guys are ever confused about like, okay, we're worshiping. I'm just singing songs. I don't know what, that, what this all means. You can come back to the heart of worship, which is like right here in this verse. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. And I just want to say that you guys, you and I, we're all creations, right? We're all actually the handiwork of our God, that he actually put, took time and pieced us together like that verse that Ben was talking about, like Psalm 139 says that he, he formed your inward parts and that all your days that he knows you're, going, you're, you're rising up and you're, you're going down. And I just think it's like really, really important to come back to this place of worship, even like that's what we, we do to actually authenticate like our coming in before him. It's not just like, I'm just singing songs because they're up there. It's actually like coming back into this like really, really like um, humble place and going like, God, I came from you. I didn't make myself. I'm not my own product. I am stamped, made in heaven, formed by God, inspector number, beginning and end, always and forever, king of kings. Like that literally I've been branded and I've been made by him. Okay, and so like, it's like that other like song that uh, King David was this great songwriter back in the day. And he said that God, he was like, he was this guy that, that, that God even said, he's a man after my own heart. And some of his lyrics kind of went like this. God, what is man that you're mindful of him? To say that in a different way, like, what is so special about us that you even care 
what do you even, what do you even take time, your time for to think about us? And, like, all of us can take, like, a second and even think, like, like, wow. I mean, I'm not trying to be a downer, but, like, just, like, man, I'm not perfect. I'm, I'm not. I screw stuff up. And, and, like, in the middle of all that, you go, like, man, God, even then. That's another verse. Like, this is how we know that God loves us. Because even while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Even yet while we were wrong, even yet while we were screwing up, even yet while I was yelling at my mom for telling me to clean my room, even yet as I was doing whatever, he's like, I got you. I love you. I'm covering you. And this is like this, this humble place that I want to get to where we come into worship and we go like, oh, yeah. I know I don't have to be ashamed. I'm not condemned. I'm not any of that stuff. Because even in the midst of all this stuff, it's like that is right where God came for me. He came for me right there. And, like, I'm, I'm not going to detach myself from knowing that, like, I'm made by him. That he is the reason I exist. That he's the source of life. Cool? All right. Anyway, say this. Say, just say that with me. Say, Jesus, you're the source of life. It's really good. It's really good. Okay. I just want to talk really quick about um, seeking him and finding him and the invitation that we have to know God. Um, it's interesting to me, like, that in the beginning of the Bible, right, what's the first book of the Bible? Genesis. Genesis. Does anybody know how it starts? In the beginning, right? And I, it's awesome that, like, later on, like, way later on, Jesus comes, and then there's this guy named John, and there's this whole new covenant that happens, right? And this whole new, new like, relating to, to people from God that he's, like, puts in play through the, through the cross. And then we get to this, the gospel according to John, and the first part of the, the gospel of John, does anybody know how it starts? can take a guess. In the beginning. In the beginning. And, like, it's, it's wild to me, like, you read Genesis, and you read through it, and you're like, man, there's, like, it was totally, in the beginning, it says that the, there was darkness, right? And that the earth was void, and there was, like, this big expanse, but there was nothing in it. And God, like, totally, he brings order to it. And one of the first, the first thing he does is he creates light, right? And he separates the light from the darkness. And that just be, keeps going on as, like, God creates order in this, like, vastness of nothing and everything like that. And he creates the, the water and the, the land and the fish and the sea and all the land animals and then finally Adam and, and Eve in his own image. And he's like bringing order to all of this stuff that, that he's created. And like very, very keenly he like deciphers between the light and the darkness. And ultimately you guys know the story that Adam and Eve, they, they like messed up. They had the perfect scenario. They were living in what was actually translated, if you translate Eden, it actually means pleasure. So they're like living in perfectness. Like everything is perfect. Like it didn't even rain because the water came up from the ground. Did you ever know that? Like they didn't have to till anything. They didn't have to do any work. Everything just grew perfectly because it just had its own little like nurturing water station underneath of it everywhere. And they, 
they, they like fall into sin, they get deceived by the serpent and all this stuff, and all of a sudden there's like this cloudiness that kind of sets in. And it's not so clear anymore, like the light and the darkness. Sure, there was day and night, but darkness had kind of swept into this perfect scenario, right? Because sin had entered. And you go up to John, and it starts all over again. In the beginning, and it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Any idea who the word is in this scenario? Sunday school answer. It'd be easy for you to get it right. There's only, yeah, I've heard it somewhat. It's not God, so what is it? Jesus He's literally talking, John's literally talking about Jesus. This is how I know. Because just a little bit further down the page, it says this. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory and the, the glory as, as of the only begotten one of the Father, full of grace and truth. Who's the only begotten one of the Father? Who's the Son of God? Jesus. That's how I know it's talking about Jesus. But it's really awesome because like this, this whole sin thing entered the world and it was like this darkness started to cloud this pure light that was available. And then God says that he sent in the light that shines in the darkness. And it was the life of, it was the life and the light of men. So all of a sudden there's this beacon of hope that's dropped onto the scene. Like if you think about it onto a movie, it's like the turning point of the film. And God's like rewriting this story. He's going all the way back to the beginning and he's going, guess what? Even before there was sin, there was the Word. Even before there was sin, there was, there was the Word that was God, that was going to be made flesh. There was already the plan to save us, even before sin first happened, right? Like, in the beginning, in the beginning, beginning, even before He made light, there was Word, because He said that all of the things that were created were created through Him. Cool. So, you keep going, and it's John, so he's talking about um, John the Baptist and all this stuff. And he's saying uh, that... Do, 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 do. No one has seen God. This is verse 18. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. So he's talking about Jesus. He's saying that like, even though these people, they had no idea of the light, they, they were about to see God through, through the face of Jesus. And so, anyway, Jesus goes to John the Baptist. You know the story. He gets baptized. The, the um, Holy Spirit comes out of the sky, and John sees it, and it rests on Jesus. Like, you might have seen it in, like, a children's film or something like that. It's like, oh, moment, you know. And the, the light comes down and rests on Jesus. And John bore witness. He said, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and he remained upon him. I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water, water said to me, Upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. So John says that, like, he saw this whole thing happen. And there's all these people that are, like, waiting for the Messiah, right? They're waiting for their Savior to come. And so John's got a couple of disciples that have been hanging out with him because he's, he's been a pretty gnarly, cool guy to hang out with for a while. 
And he's like, they're, but they're still all waiting for, like, this, like, the real deal, you know? And, and so Jesus steps onto the scene. The Holy Spirit descends on him, and all that stuff happens. And the next day, John's sitting at his normal place by the Jordan River where he baptizes people. And Jesus walks by again, and he points to him, and he says, Behold the Son of God. And two of his homeboys are with him. I'm trying to find the names. Uh, I don't see it in here. Anyway, the two disciples, it just says, it just says the two disciples. They heard him say it. They, say, they heard him say, oh, there's the Son of God. And what did they do? They just started following him. Like, all they heard was, look, there's the Son of God. And then they're like, okay. And Jesus is like, have you guys seen the new Jason Bourne movie yet? I have. Katie and I went. It's pretty good. But, like, he's like, Jesus is like secret agent Jason Bourne. Like, we've got a tail. And we've got two tails. There's two guys on us. You know, he's like totally, like, checking out the rearview mirror. Like, what is going on? Why, why are these guys following us? He's like ducks in an alley to make sure they're really tailing him. And then finally he asks him, what is it that you seek? What are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which is, this, which is translated teacher, where are you staying? And he said to them, come and see. And I just want to say that like these guys, they had, they had been waiting for something their whole lives. And then they heard someone say, this is it. This is the one that you're seeking. This is the one who's come to be the the freedom to the captives, to be the light in the darkness, to be the the salvation for for all of mankind, to set us free from sin and bondage and shame. This is the Son of God who's come to reveal the Father to us. And they just instantly attached to it and started following him. And when when the Bible talks about, like, drawing near to God and seeking him, it has all these promises. It says that if you draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. It says if you seek, you'll find. To to him who knocks on the door, it'll be opened. Anyone who is hungry or thirsty, they'll be filled. These are all these great promises, right? But you're getting, sometimes you can kind of go, like, what does that even mean? How do I draw near to God? How do I hunger and thirst? How do I even do that? You just follow him. You just start to follow him. You just start to follow him. And I'm here to just like say that for sure that that God is alive, okay? That he's not dead. That you don't have like this confusion like, well, how am I supposed to do that? He's in in heaven. He's not like a real person. Yeah, well, his his whole life giving spirit is alive in, in the earth today. Like it's the Holy Spirit that was given as a gift is here. It's alive. And I can tell you that for sure it's possible to follow him. You can do things like he said to do. How are you going to follow Jesus? Uh, I'm going to love the person next to me like I love myself. How are you going to follow Jesus? I'm going to love the Lord my God with all my heart, my mind, and my soul. And if you can start doing these simple things to follow God, he's going to turn around and he's going to stare at you and he's going to say, what do you seek? You're going to be like, uh, Okay, now what? They, they probably like they probably could have said a million things. They probably didn't know what to say. Like, ooh, uh, ooh, where are you staying? What do you want to eat later? You want to go get dinner? You know, like could have said any of the number of things. But this is the response. I just wanted to say that this is the response of the heart of God to anyone who seeks Him. Come and see. Come and see. 
Come and find out. Come and taste and experience for yourself. And so tonight, we can all get up. I'm just going to be done. But okay, 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 okay. You're all of, all of 15 years old. I know you have so many aches and pains. It's terrible. Arthritis is setting in. My gosh. No, I'm just kidding. I rebuke arthritis in the name of Jesus. Okay. Just come on up here. Get a little close, guys, in the back. That's perfect. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Nice. So we're going to do something together. Okay? We're just going to make declarations and pray into something together because so much of faith that lasts, so much of seeds that get sown into our hearts that actually bear fruit, so much of the stuff that remains has to do with experiencing it for yourself. Okay, I can tell you all about my own experiences. I can tell you all about how I believe and know that Jesus is the one true God. I know that he's given me salvation. I know that he's bigger and and better than anything else. I know that he's got power over, like, demons and darkness and all kinds of stuff. I know it. I've experienced it for myself. But you've got to taste it. You've got to know it for yourself. And I guarantee you that if you start following God, if you start asking, if you start getting hungry, if you start thirsting after him, if you hear like there's Jesus over there, this is God, or this is this, this is how you follow God, and you start walking that way, you're going to get a question. What do you seek? What do you really want? Do you want freedom? Do you want peace? Do you want salvation? What do you need? What do you have need of? And if you respond to that invitation with, how can I come with you? I want to be with you where you are. I want to see where you reside. I want to see how you live. I want to live with you in this life. Jesus promised us abundant life. He's going to respond to you by saying, come and see. Come and be a part. Come and, come and draw near. Come and be a son. Come and be a daughter. Come and live with me. Later on down the road, these guys that were with Jesus, they walked a little while. They stayed a few days. And they started telling every, all of their friends, they started saying, we found the Messiah. We found the Christ. We found the Son of God. And to one of their friends, Nathaniel, they he asked, you found the Messiah? He said, yeah, he came from Nazareth. And he was like, what? There's nothing that's good that came out of Nazareth. It'd be like saying that Jesus just like came up out of the hood or something like that. He'd be like, what? And guess what his response was to his friend? It was Philip talking to Nathaniel. Guess what his response was? Come and see. Come and see for yourself. So in two ways tonight, this matters. That I want to just camp on for for our prayer time right now. For you in your personal life, God is is, is responding to your seeking, hungry heart and saying, come and see. Come and find out 
that I'm the real deal. Come and find out that I'm the one who's for you, not against you. Come and find out that I'm faithful even when you're not faithful, that I've loved you since the beginning. The only reason that anybody can love me is because I loved them first. Come and see. And for some of us that are there and we're like in the middle of like enjoying being, being known and knowing God, it's for your friend who says, there is nothing about Jesus that's real. There's no good thing that can come out of church. There's no good thing that can come out of the Bible. That's nonsense what you believe. There's, there's nothing about that that's true or real. Come and see. Come and see. That there would be a boldness and a courage that would, that would rise up in your hearts. As you go, even as you're like preparing to go back into school. Some of you guys are going back in a couple weeks. Where people can like get really like sheepish about the fact that they're a believer. They're a follower of Jesus but I just want to say that it's not up to you. It's not up to you necessarily to be like all that Jesus is. It's up to you to point. Worship is your warfare. Your praise is your weapon. You're the big road sign on the side of the highway going, no, really, come and see. Come and see. Big, big God who loves you, come and see. Take the next exit take the next exit. So tonight, I just, I just want us all to just put our hands out in front of us. And for both of these things, I think we can all pray both of these things because there's never an end to discovering more about God. And, and to your question, God, to your statement that says, come and see, I just want us all to say, I'm coming. Let me say it again. I'm coming. So good. Yeah, Holy Spirit, right now, I just ask that you would come and awaken hearts to hunger and thirst for you, God. That you would stir up truth that, like, resounds in them in a way that draws them closer to you, God. I, I pray that the little things that they know how to do to, to follow you, I pray that they would have so much grace to do them. And that in following in the way that you know how, that you'd open up even bigger doors and even deeper parts of relationship with God that would lead you to greater, um, greater arenas of life, greater arenas of joy, greater like freedom in knowing him. Yeah, and as far as our, our friends and the people that we know that are all around us all the time, family members who, who don't know you or, or friends that are just don't know you or teammates or whatever it is, God, I just, I just pray for a big old dose of courage. God, that you'd fill us with love so, so much for, for these people around us that they would, they would like be... There would be these people that we, we can reach out to and say, no, really, come and see. Come and see. God, I pray that there would be no pressure, like, on the shoulders of, of each of these students, God, that you are not, uh, like, you're not someone who's, like, scared of, of showing up and showing, showing who you really are. That you don't ever miss, that you're not, you never have an off night. you have nothing to prove, God. You are everything you say you are.
You are everything you say you are. You are everything you say you are. So to that, we just say, come and see. Come and see the glory of our God. Come and see the glory of this love that he's shed for us. Come and see that his invitation really is to every single person, no matter where, no matter what they've been through. This podcast was recorded live at Wednesday Night Youth Meeting. To find out more, check us out on Facebook and Instagram by searching Airborne Youth.